Welcome to Ambo TV. Each week we bring you dynamic sermons from next generation pastors from across the country. And as always, they're bringing a fresh new style to the Word of God. And then we discuss them right here in studio. I'm Dean, hashtag always bless Windsor. And today we have a fun packed show for you guys. We have sermons from Georgia, Florida, and Montana. We also have interviews from best-selling author Jeff Bethke and the cast of the new movie, Harriet. This is gonna be so cool. Stick around because you don't wanna miss it. And first up, we have Pastor Chris Emmett of Mountain Lake Church in Forsyth, Georgia. He's continuing their sermon series, All the Family Feels. That's right, I want the family feels. And this one is about generations. He's giving out some good advice on how different generations should interact with each other. This is a message you may want to watch with your parents or grandparents for that matter. And next, we go to Crossover Church with Pastor Tommy, aka Urban D in Tampa, Florida. And he too is continuing in a sermon series called The Woke Church. And this is part four. He's listing some things we should care about. Today, we'll be discussing two of them, the family and how we treat others. Lastly, we go to Fresh Life Church in Kalispell, Montana. We have a treat for you guys because both pastors, Levi and Jenny Lusco, are speaking today and they're talking about where true beauty comes from and what that means in the context of marriage. As a married man, can't wait to watch this one. And we have special entertainment interviews as well. This is a really cool show today. I'll be joined with Pastor Joe Watkins from Christ Evangelical Lutheran Church. He's back. Pastor Joe, such a cool guy. We'll get right back to him a little later, but right now I want to go to Mountain Lake Church with Pastor Chris Hemmett. Depending on what, it doesn't matter what generation you're from, older or younger, I think if you take these ideas, put them into practice this week, it can help close that gap a little bit, but really build a healthy relationship. If you got a Bible, grab it, go to 2 Samuel chapter 9. 2 Samuel chapter 9, if you don't have a Bible, it'll put up on the screen. 2 Samuel chapter 9, fascinating story, and it, and it centers around King David. Now, David at this time, he is king. He is on the throne. Saul is dead, who was king. Jonathan, who's Saul's son and was best friends with David, is dead. And David is now asking around, and he runs into Saul's grandson, and I want you to, I want to show you just the different generations that they come from, but the interaction relationship they had. Second Samuel chapter 9, or verse 1. It says, One day David asked, Is anyone in Saul's family still alive? Anyone to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? He summoned a man named Ziba, who had been one of Saul's servants. Are you Ziba? The king asked. Yes, sir, I am, Ziba replied. Then the king asked him, is anyone still alive from Saul's family? If so, I want to show God's kindness to them. If you got a pen or a highlighter, that last sentence, I want to show God's kindness to them. The first idea, and it doesn't matter if you're the older or the younger generation, but the simple idea for all of us is this, is to start with the right heart. Start with the right heart. If you want to build relationships in your families with different generations, and maybe your parents with kids still in the, in the house, or, or, or maybe you've got your own house and now your parents have moved back in, or you've got brothers and sisters that are, are older and younger, you've got 
uh, cousins, nieces, nephews. If you want to build a relationship with different generations, you and I, we must start with the right heart. I want you to notice that David, he calls him and goes, hey, is there anybody to whom I can show God's kindness to? Not to who I can show my kingship to, my authority to, my leadership to. I want to show God's kindness to them. And imagine how different your family relationships would be and mine would be if we started with the right heart. If we said, hey, instead of, I want to prove my point, I want to show you that I'm mom or dad, I want to show you that I'm son or daughter, I want to show you that I'm a grandma or grandpa, that I know what I'm talking about, I want to start with the kindness of God, with the goodness of God, with the love of God. I want to start with the right heart. David gathers them and goes, listen, I'm king, I'm on the throne, I want to bring in Saul's family. Now, don't forget this, Saul and David, they were enemies, Saul was trying to kill David for the majority of his life and and running around. David becomes king and doesn't go, hey, bring me someone from Saul's family so I can get revenge, so I can throw it in their face that I'm now on the throne. He goes, no, bring me someone from Saul's family to whom I can show the kindness of God to start with the right heart. And I think if you're trying to build relationships between generations and there's a generation gap and you find yourself constantly frustrated, constant tension, constant butting of heads, constant, well, why can't you be like my generation? Why can't your generation be like mine? You may ask yourself, what kind of heart are you starting with? Are you starting with the kindness of God, the goodness of God, the love of God, or is it selfishness? Is it jealousy? Is it trying to prove a point? Is it anything other than the kindness of God? Let me illustrate it this way. So I'm guessing so you're used to or you're familiar with a drill like this, all right? So on this drill, you know this, but there's a little switch right here. A little switch goes left and right. And depending on which way this switch goes, left or right, depends on which direction this drill turns. So if you have it going in the right direction, it works. If you have it going in the wrong direction, it won't work. And so I've, I've got to go in the wrong direction. I can put it right here, and I can pull the trigger and turn as hard as I want to, and push as hard as I want to, and it won't work. And I think some of you are like that. You're going, I'm trying my hardest. Why can't I relate to them? Why can't they relate to me? And the question is, is what direction are you headed in? The direction of jealousy, of anger, of trying to prove a point, or the direction of God's kindness? Because if it's headed in any other direction other than the direction of God, you can push on it as hard as you want to, and it's frustrating, but it just won't work. But if you switch it to the right direction, and you do the exact same thing, all of a sudden it works. Oh, I hope I didn't just, oh, whew, okay, I was like, man, <laughs> I was close, all right, a little, little scar on the, on the table. But it's the, it's the right direction. Versus the wrong direction. And so if you, if you go, why can't they just get my ideas? Why don't they just talk like me? Why don't they have the same work ethic as me? The question you might begin to ask is going, well, what direction am I starting in? What direction is my heart going toward? Is it going toward the goodness, the kindness, the love of God? Or is it going toward, I want them to be like my generation? All right, there's Pastor Chris Emmett. Uh, Pastor Joe, thank you so much for being back again. Great to be with you, Dean. All right, cool. So I want to get right into the drill, right? So he used the drill as a metaphor, which I think is pretty cool because we all know 
you know, lefty loosey, righty tighty, right? So in essence is what Pastor Chris is saying here is like no matter how hard, you know, you, you or how much effort you put into it without the right guidance or without the right threading or the right direction, Right. Nothing's going to work out. That's exactly right. You got to put your trust in God. And if you do that, you have the heart of God, which means that his spirit is in you and all the things that his spirit produces are in you, which is love, kindness, patience. He's talking about kindness here. David was talking about kindness because David had God's heart. And, uh, it, it, and for anybody watching, if they have God's heart, uh, they are kind. And uh, if you're kind, of course, uh, then you're moving in the right direction. And, and, and that's what God wants for you, is to move in the right direction, not the wrong direction. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, it starts yeah. with kindness, right? So it is does. there anything that, that we should, anything else we should be building off of when it comes to kindness? Well, practicing it, practicing kindness, which is, you know, having a kind heart and then looking for a way, because, see, David was looking for a way to practice the kindness that was already in his heart. There are lots of people that that watch television and say, well, I have a kind heart, but they haven't actually done anything kind for anybody. Okay. <laughs> you know, somebody comes and says, hey, can I borrow a quarter? No, I don't lend money. <laughs> You've probably heard people say that. Absolutely. And, and what God requires of us, if we're gonna be moving in the right direction, is, is to be kind, to have a kind heart, and then to practice that kind of kindness every day that God gives us life. All right. See, folks, don't be afraid to practice your kindness. And you take it from uh, Reverend Joe here. You gotta practice sometimes. And we're gonna be right back for more Ambo TV. Welcome back to Ambo TV, bringing you next generation pastors from across the country. Before the break, we were checking out Pastor Chris Emmett, but right now I want to get to Pastor Urban D at the Woke Church in Tampa, Florida. So here's the very first one, y'all, that, that fits into that whole thing of a lot of people don't like the way that they look many times because this number one the woke church in action must teach the imago day the imago day must become a key part of the foundational biblical and gospel education for all believers now i know you might be here today you might be worshiping online with us you might say what's the imago day what is that it's latin <laughs> we say it a lot around here here's what it is here's a definition for it if you don't know the imago day is is this pop that up on the screen for for everybody the Imago Dei is Latin for the image of God. Somebody say image of God. You're made in the image of God. No matter what you look like. No matter how light you are, how dark you are, how old you are, how young you are. Um, you're made in the image of God. It's a biblical doctrine that we are made in God's likeness and his image. Look at the person next to you and say, you're made in the image of God. Comes from the very first chapter of the Bible where it talks about creation. Genesis chapter one, verse 26 and verse 27. You wanna, wanna turn there, we're gonna put it on the screens as well. In verse 26, it says this, it says, then God said, let us make human beings in our image. Did you notice those two words there? It said let us, and, and then it says in our image. That's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit there together, God in three persons, right? That's, it's a trinity right there from the beginning of the scripture. That's where we get that doctrine from. It says, they will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the animals on the earth, the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. 
So you're made in the image of God. I'm made in the image of God. We're all made in the image of God. And just as the church teaches about creation and how man sinned and there was the fall and then Jesus came and, you know, and then he died and resurrected and, you know, and he's coming back soon. Those are all things that doctrine that the Bible teaches, the church teaches. In the same way, here's what we also need to do. The church needs to zoom in. Like zoom in. You know how you go on your phone, you, like, you go like that, you zoom in a little bit? How many of y'all ever like saw like a, a regular like picture and you tried to zoom in on it? Anybody ever did that? I do that all the time. I want to like zoom in and see it close. I'm like, ah, oh, it's not my phone. I can't, right? But I think the church needs to zoom in on this thing called human dignity and zoom in on the Imago Dei and teach and preach and let people know like everybody is created in God's image and his likeness. Everybody, God loves them all, no matter what they look like. They're all made in his likeness and his image, and there should be equality, right? And us as a church, we got to repent from some of the teachings in the history of the church, and we talked about some of that. In the history of the church, there's been some doctrines that have come up that have negatively affected people of, of color. How many guys have heard of Pastor Tony Evans? Never heard of him? Awesome pastor down in Texas. He's an OG. He's a legend. He wrote a book called Oneness Embraced. And he said this in it. It's a quote from the book. He said, he said, on one side, I was being told that I was created in the image of God, the Imago Dei, right? And therefore, I had value. On a pragmatic basis, however, it appeared to me that the benefits of possessing that divine image, they were reserved for white people because it seemed like they were the only benefactors of God's kingdom on earth. Wow. Pastor Tom, he's getting deep there. So th this is a big deal. And, and I mean, social justice has now become a, a really big thing with young Christians now. I, yeah. I think we're leaning towards that a lot more. Um, you know, how important do you think it is for Christians to be really active in social justice? Well, we have to practice our faith. I mean, we're made in the image of God and God is not passive, he's active, and his spirit is alive and in us. We are supposed to live our faith, and that means how we treat each other matters, yeah. and our capacity to love people uh, without regard to their color, without regard to their physical appearance matters. And, and that's what he's talking about. Uh, I, I think it's very important, very timely, very important. Yeah. Well, and now, see, he talked about how the Bible has kind of been twisted by other people to fit a narrative or an agenda. I mean, we saw this with Crusades, you saw that with the Spanish Inquisition and, and you know, just forcefully converting people. Like, there, there's been a lot of damage that was done by leaders who kind of, you know, deviated from the real teachings of the Bible. So can that damage ever really be reversed? Well, we just got to constantly fight against that spirit, which is darkness. I mean, remember, Satan in the Bible, in the New Testament, Jesus said Satan was quoting scripture to him. Right, yeah. So the capacity to quote scripture and to turn it around and to make it something that it isn't does exist in the world. And there are people that have done that throughout the ages. There are people who enslaved people be, using the, the scriptures as the basis for doing that. And that was the wrong thing to do, yeah. uh, as, as the pastor brings out. But uh, no, we've got to constantly fight against that and, and struggle against that, that kind of darkness that's out there and make sure that, that, uh, that people understand the word uh, as it is. All right. Understand the word as it is. And right now we're going to go understand some more words from Pastor Jeannie and Levi Lusco. Let's check them out.
Well, at first it says that although our outward person, our outward man is perishing, our inward man is being renewed day by day. So we are getting the wrinkles. We are, it's more difficult as we work out to stay fit. But the beautiful thing is that our inward person is actually being renewed every day, getting beautiful. better, more beautiful, more stunning, more gorgeous on the inside. And so as it particularly relates to marriage, uh, we have three quick points kind of heading to divide up our time. And, and we want to start here. This text tells us clearly that God cares about marriage. Right. Before we ever read what he says about marriage and how to do it, because that's where we're immediately like, well, hold on a second, hold on a second, what do you mean? And we're like, but just stop. Do you realize that how cool it is that God who made the world wrote to you about marriage? Doesn't that tell you, hey, he cares about it? Mm -hmm. He hasn't left you scrambling without instructions. Like I had to fix a, a flat tire on my bike the other day and I needed to go on the company website. How do I get this tire off? And how does this work? And how do I get this back on? Then when I got it back on, it was wobbling and I didn't want to take it to a bike store. Ain't nobody got time for that. So I'm like, so I Google, how do you fix wobble and tire? There's a video for that. So I'm, I'm so grateful. Aren't you so grateful? Sometimes our marriages can wobble. And aren't yeah. you thankful that God gave us this book, that he yeah. cares enough about marriage to go, hey, right. just so you know, when it's wobbling and when it's flat and when it's, when it's metal on metal and it's your rim scraping on the ground, thanks, Eric, for picking me up when I broke down on the side of the road, by the way, <laughs> right? When, when, when that happens, aren't you grateful that God cares enough about marriage to be like, hey, just so you know, here's the letter that tells you what you could do that could cause your marriage to be beautiful. And I just want to just thank God that he cares about marriage. He yeah. invented marriage. He gave marriage to us as a gift. It's a blessing. It's from him. So let's just begin the conversation about it by acknowledging God made it. Therefore, he should be the one to tell us how to use it. That's right. That's so true. And um, for the, maybe for those of us who aren't married and maybe feeling like, oh, I'm just... I'm in this. I'm in the single boat. I'm half a person because yeah, God d designed marriage for to make it so that someone wouldn't be alone. But I'm alone. And and what I want to encourage you with is that you're not half a person. Whoa, when good. you're single, you're not half a person waiting for that person, whoever is out there, to complete you. Jesus is the one who completes you, and He's the one who makes you whole. Um, but you're until you meet that person, it's not like you're half, and then you're going to be whole one day. But you're whole. You're complete. You're full in Christ right now. Yeah, the teaching of of, of scripture about marriage is that you're supposed to complement each other, right. not complete each other. So Culture good. paints That's this really picture good. of like, you complete me. And when I meet the right one, they're so going to complete me that everything will just be easy. Now, what happens is <laughs> two sinful people that are meant to complement each other, but not equipped to complete each other. Yeah. I don't have the equipment, wherewithal, or hardware to complete Jenny. She has to find that in God. Yeah. Then I can compliment her because I'm going to be strong in some areas where she's weak and vice versa. Right. But when we make the mistake of putting the weight of each other, you got to complete me. Then all of a sudden one day it's hard because, hey, honey, marriage is hard. Life is hard. It's yeah. challenging. Two sinners living together in close proximity all the time. They never go away, right? <laughs> that is... The rat, I mean, technically, what you just defined <laughs> is a cage match. I mean, by, by really, and it can be bloody. I mean, if, if, it's, if, it's, if it's not with the right spirit and if you're looking for them to do something only God can do. Right. If you come into marriage with expectations that this person's your savior and they're then to complete you and fix you it's and make you a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. And for the single people out there, uh, it makes you feel, like you said, inadequate and as half a person. But instead, when you see it as this beautiful gift for community, because we were made in the image of God yeah. and God is in perpetual community within the Godhead. 
All right. I love that we're touching on marriage today because I'm, for all intents and purposes, rather, I'm still a newlywed. I, I still, my wife and I still consider ourselves newlyweds. It's only been five years. Yeah. So there's so many things that, that we get out of, you know, being married. You, you learn patience, tolerance, you know, discipline. There, there's so many things you can learn just from being married. I mean, are there any other like godly kind of traits that, that we can learn and expect out of a, a healthy, successful marriage? Yeah, kindness. Okay. Kindness, the same kindness that we talked about a little earlier. Yeah. That's a wonderful thing in a marriage. You know, yeah, to be thoughtful sure. about the other person, the person that is the love of your life, hopefully, and, and the person that is your spouse. You know, how can I be kind to that person? What can I do to make their life a little bit better? How can I help them? What, where do they need help? And how can I share that help with them in a way that's loving and doesn't tear them down, you know? Uh, even if it's a suggestion. My wife is strong in areas where I'm weak and, and vice versa. I, I seem, seem to have strength in areas where she may not be as strong. But helping her is what really matters, to understand that and, and being a help to her matters. The same is true for her, helping me in a way that I can receive the help and, and, and move forward and, and be God's person. Oh, I think that's kind of what Pastor Levi was talking about with the complimenting, right? Yeah, right. it's because there has to be a balance. There, there always have to, you have to find, you know, right. and, and maintain that balance. That's right. And, and, and you keep it new as long as you, 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 you keep it kind. You know, yeah. You've been married five years. I've been married 44 years. God bless you. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's new and fresh. I mean, yeah. it's new and fresh every day. I love it. Yeah. I love it. That gives me such hope, too, you know, because it, divorce culture is a thing now. Yeah, I know. So, you know, it gives whenever I hear of a long-term marriage, it, it always gives me a lot of hope. And I hope... It's giving you guys at, ho at home some hope, too. Your marriage is going to work. It's going to last. Just be kind and be faithful and trust in God. And we're going to be right back with more Ammo TV. Welcome back to Ambo TV, bringing a fresh new style to the Word of God. We were just checking out the Pastor Luscos, the dynamic duo. But right now, I want to get back to Pastor Chris Emmett in Forsyth, Georgia. Let's check them out. If you're the younger generation relating to the older generation, two simple ideas, and it's this. Have humility and show respect. Have humility and show respect. Humility is how you view yourself. Respect is how you view them. Have humility and show respect. And you see Mephibosheth, he bowed low in deep respect. Mephibosheth didn't walk in and go, yeah, you know who my dad was, right? Weren't you guys best friends? It's about time you invite me to the king's table. It's about time I get this opportunity. Do you know who my grandfather, grandpa was king. In fact, I heard things about you from grandpa. I'm not so sure about this. But he walks in and Mephibosheth bows low and in deep respect. The younger generation appealing to the older generation, relating to the older generation, Walk with humility, have that humility, and show them deep respect because they've earned it. They've got the experience. They've got the things that they've done and walked through and made it and survived. Show them the respect that they're due. Have humility and show respect. And unfortunately today, unfortunately today, humility and respect are the outliers in society. For people to have humility and to show respect, it, it's eye-opening because it's not normal and it's not usual. 
It's the outlier. It's what stands out. It's what sets people apart. But as the younger generation appealing to the older generation, trying to relate to the older generation, have humility. Don't think better of yourself than you ought to and show deep respect. And I can remember since I was a little boy, my dad would always drive home this line to me constantly. He always say, Chris, keep yourself humble or else the Lord will. Either way, Chris, you're going to be humiliated. And I'm telling you, Chris, it's less painful if you'll do it yourself. Manny's right. Keep yourself humble or else the Lord will. Have humility and show deep respect. There's a buddy of mine, we always laugh, and, and you, you see the younger generation that just, my goodness, you, you think they, they hung the moon themselves. And we'll see people, and he always say this, he goes, he goes, Chris, he goes, he was born on third base and he thinks he hit a triple. You think about that. He's born on third base and he thinks he hit a triple. Now hear me carefully. There's nothing wrong with being born on third base. There's nothing wrong with being given opportunities that no other people haven't been given. Nothing wrong with being born into the right family. The right, absolutely nothing wrong with that. But don't think you hit a triple to get there. Have humility and go, you know what? I have older people that have poured into me, that have given me opportunities and chances. Walk in humility, not in arrogance. Keep yourself humble or else the Lord will. And show deep respect. Mephibosheth knew that he wasn't just talking to his dad's best bud. He was talking to the king. He was talking to the king. And he bowed low in deep respect. The older generation, you want to relate to them. You want to narrow the gap. You want to strengthen that relationship. Show deep respect for the things they've gone through, for the things they've seen, for the economies, both good and bad, that they have survived. Show them the respect that they're due. Pastor Chris is doing it today. So he's really touching on something that's, that's kind of a hot button thing right now because I see online anyway, uh, especially with the elections coming up, you know, people are saying things about, you know, oh, we need newer, younger people, get all the old people out of office. And, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, oh, my Lord, like people are there. Our elders are there for a reason because they've seen things and been through things and experienced things that we haven't. So just to negate that and say, well, we just need newer ideas, that's terrible. So not having humility and, and not having respect, like where could this eventually lead us? Well, it's, it, there's a lot to be learned from people who've been on the planet for a while. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that uh, you learn being on the planet for multiple decades is at least you, after you've made mistakes, you learn not to make the same mistakes over and over again. And you can also tell other people where the, where the, where the, where the potholes are. Yeah. That's a good thing. That's why you respect people who are older. That's one of the reasons why you give them respect because they've already been there. And maybe they haven't done it right all the time, but they may have something to impart to keep you from making the same mistake that they made years ago. It's, it's, a, it's a good and right attitude to be humble because God is good and kind and none of us have earned our, our, our salvation, right? Yeah. I mean, we've all been saved by God's grace and so we can't boast about it. And so we're supposed to be humble. And we're supposed to be respectful of people, regardless of who they are, and especially respectful because with older people, they've, they've been there where we haven't yet gotten. Yeah, I mean, there's so much that we have to learn, too. Yeah, yeah. You know? So we're missing out on a lot. And I mean, and then when you think about it in the context of 
well, God is the oldest being ever. <laughs> so, yeah. God has seen it all. Exactly. Exactly. So are we really... I know what this is. I've seen this before. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. So, like, are we really that arrogant that, yeah. that, that we're going to just, you know, stop paying attention and stop respecting our elders? I think that's something that we really should... Uh, something we got to revisit, y'all. Come on. Respect your elders. It's something we've been told since we were kids. So right now, I want to get back over to Pastor Tommy, a.k.a. Urban D. in Tampa, Florida. Let's check him out. Here's the second thing we need to do. The woke church in action must strengthen the family. La familia. Psalms 127.1, it says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the work of the builders is what? It's wasted. Now, this can have a double meaning because it means a physical house, but metaphorically on a deeper level, it can also mean this spiritual house. Your, your, your family, this, this concept of building, perpetuating, and maintaining a family line. There's a lot of other scriptures that talk about this. You can see some of them up here at the bottom of the screen. If you're taking notes on your phone, they're in there as well. But the Bible talks a lot about family and a family line, a.k.a. a family tree. And in ancient Jewish culture, and even today, like a family line is a big deal. And today in 2019, you know what? A family line is still a big deal. Your family tree and generations that are passed down, that's a big deal. And if we look around in urban culture, so many family lines are broken. They're cut. They're cut. We see like the urban family is just like practically like imploding. It's imploding, right? And, and here's the thing, like marriage and family, uh, that's God's idea. He created it. It's supposed to be a foundation. And, and Pastor Tony Evans, he's quoted in, in, the, in the Woke Church book, and I want to read this quote from him. This is on page 153, and he said this. He said, in our society today, many of our families have a foundation problem. We can agree with that, right? Because of this, the majority of them are spending their time dealing with the cracks on the wall, and they're trying to plaster over and patch up an argument over here, a fight over there, or deal with rebellious children, or any number of things, and they spend all of their time and money focusing on the fissures rather than solidifying the foundation. And because of this, there is family chaos in our world. How many of y'all would agree there's some family chaos in our world? The foundation of the family is in trouble, it's in jeopardy. And when the family fails, then guess what happens? Communities fail. And we see that happening around our country in many communities where everything is just kind of imploding because the family structure is, is, is broken. So listen, Crossover Church, we're planted in this city to promote strong families, to build strong families and healthy marriages. A few minutes ago, we celebrated a couple of people in here that are celebrating marriage. Let's give it up. Marriage is a good thing. Come on. It's a God thing. It's beautiful. It's hard. It takes work. It's challenging. A lot of us got baggage and stuff that we're carrying into that marriage, but we're here to help walk alongside of you, and we're regularly trying to do different things to support you. We did a marriage conference earlier this, this year. It was, was great. We're planning on doing another marriage conference in, in 2020. We're probably going to have Montel Jordan and his wife come. What do y'all think about that? Does that sound good? So stay tuned for that. Uh, but in addition to just a once-a-year conference, I mean, we have growth groups that are for married couples. You know, I actually heard that this week that there was a growth group for married couples and a bunch of people had signed up and nobody showed up. 
Listen, we got all kinds of tools for you guys, but you got to pick them up. All right, Pastor Tommy, talking about the foundations of family and, and how important it is. Now, you as a married man for 40 some odd years, uh, do you have any tips for myself or, or for the people at home on how to keep that foundation strong? Yeah, great communication, just talking all the time about everything. And if you're a parent, talking to your kids, not, not at them, but, but talking to them, valuing them as a human being that, 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 that God has given to you, and then talking to them, helping them, showing them where some of the roadblocks might be, where some of the potholes might be uh, in advance, and, and then just being patient with them because kids are gonna experiment and make mistakes anyway. So being patient with them and loving them through it all. See, now, right now I have one, and my daughters are going to kill me for this, but so I have one daughter that's completely bubbly and energetic, and the other one is in that phase now where she's just kind of reserved, doesn't talk a lot, you know, so it, it's hard for me now to find that balance of being up and, and, and yay for my bubbly one and kind of, you know, emo for, for my older one. So you've got to love them through it. I mean, every child is different, so uh, they're not always going to respond the same way to the same to the same stimulus. But you've still got to love them, and yeah. and for loving one might be spending time talking with them because they're talkative and bubbly. For the other one that may be less talkative, it might be listening or just even being silent with them and spending time with them and respecting the fact that they want to be quiet. Uh, but in the long run, as long as they know you, you love them, oh boy, the, the result is wonderful. Our three children, the, the, three, the three kids that my wife and I have are our best friends, and they, they include us in their lives. We talk every day, not necessarily always by phone, but, but by text uh, and social media, and, and, and then they're, but they're constantly in contact with us. And because they know, especially as they've gotten older, that we love them and continue to love them and we care about every part of their life. I mean, we're here to help them. And if you can be that way with your kid, recognizing that all your kids are gonna be different, uh, your kid will, will, will eventually appreciate what you've done for them. Yeah, I love that, that's beautiful. That's, uh, that's a perfect segue into our commercial. And when we get back from a commercial break, we have special interviews from author Jeff Bethke and the cast of the movie Harriet. This is gonna be great. We'll be right back with more Ambo TV. Welcome to Ambo TV, home of Next Generation Pastors. And joining us today in studio is a very, very special guest. We have author Jeff Bethke here. Yes. Author of a brand new book. Yes. It's just about, is it on the market yet or not? Tomorrow. Tomorrow yeah. is going to be released yep. in stores tomorrow to yeah. hell with the hustle. Thank you so much for being Thanks here. Thanks for having me. And we really appreciate you being here and making this your first stop. It is. It feels good. It feels good. Tour. It feels yeah. fresh. feels new. You I'm feel excited. really special, right? I know. I know. I'm All right, excited. So let's go right into it. Let's I want it. you to walk me through now the, the title. Yeah. Grab my attention immediately. <laughs> It's a little risque. Yeah, well, you need, to, you need to thank my wife, first of all. Thank the wife? Yeah, okay. which is a, which if you know her, anyone who watches us online, she's like the sweetest. She's one of those 90-year-old grandmas stuck in like a 32-year-old body, you know, just like it. sweet, <laughs> kind, gentle. So when she thought of that title, I just actually started laughing. But then I was like, ah, oh, but that's it. That's actually it. That's amazing, you know? So yeah, so then that was, she thought of the title. But I think, yeah, the title, it's, it's, it's I like what you said, it's, it's grabbing, it's jarring, it kind of has a bite to it. But at the end of the day, we're not just doing that for, for that sake. The reason we like that title is because I think it's right on the nose of what, we're tr what I'm trying to communicate in that book, which the, the hustle, the hurry, I'm, I'm kind of using it as a catch-all, right? Mm -hmm. Hustle, hurry, this pervasiveness of our culture, specifically among millennials, but I think also in the West, 
and in modernity is 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 a problem. It's 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 killing us. It's hurting us. It's uh, not making us into the image bearers we were created to be. And so I think the the seriousness of the problem needs to be reflected with serious language. And so I think that was kind of the hope. I think at this point, yeah, especially with us and with our generation, yeah. we need to kind of you know we, we got to kind of yell at people sometimes. Yeah, and not in a bad way. No, I know what you're saying. And I think, yeah, yeah I mean, I, maybe the word I would use is like sharp. And I think uh, because to cut through the noise, right? You need a sharp knife to cut through something. Yeah. And I think there's so much noise and there's so much going on. But I do think also as followers of Jesus that we're called to make sure that it's, you know, there's a way to do that that's in love, in peace, in gentleness. Jesus obviously shows that. Jesus being the personification of that. But yet said some enormously sharp things still. And so I think kind of combining those is really helpful in a cultural conversation. For sure. Yeah. And I mean, that's what that's what I really liked. Yeah. When I saw the book, yeah. and it, the, the cover yelled at me. Yeah. I was like, all right. Well, I love that. That's the best thing you yeah. could ever probably tell the marketing <laughs> team or anyone from Nelson. It's a, yeah, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. So now, how do I, you know, yeah. being 30-something, yeah. married, children, yeah. the, the one thing that I want the most right now is to own a home, mm. you know, for, for my family. Yeah. How do I do there? How do, yeah. how do I get there yeah. without hustling my butt off? Totally. I think there's, there's, there's layers there, right? I think at some level, there's okay to... Life is a marathon, but I think seasons can be sprints, right? So I think that's okay. I think what happens is when you're just constantly sprinting. Okay. So I think that's being mindful of that is first, right? If I, am I just constantly sprinting? Right? Or am I just trying to maybe, does the Lord maybe calling a little bit more an extraction of my thing in this small season that's sustainable that I need to do so I could reach a particular level of flourishing or sustainability, right? That might be the case. Um, or on top of that too, I think just like, uh, we need to recover the idea of faithfulness, right? So many of us, I think, um, there's something inherently blessed about every act you're doing in the day if you're doing it unto the Lord, okay. right? And we don't tend to believe that. We tend to only believe that results are sacred. Results are holy. Results are the things worth celebrating. When God just doesn't seem to care about that in Scripture, right? He seems to very much care about you during the process. Like that actually seems like the, that actually seems like the results he cares about is you in the process of wherever you're going, right? If you're exhibiting faith, if you're exhibiting honoring work, if you're exhibiting loving God and loving neighbor, um, then, and that doesn't mean that the results always will handle themselves, but I do think the scales tip where when you're faithful that God usually take, he takes care of you. There's provision always. He he's makes that clear, right? Um, and it might not turn out how you want, but yeah. So I would just say, but faithfulness can still have a spirit of, of, of not hustle, but like working. You, can still, you should still be working hard, right? Yeah. Dil- I think another better word is diligent. diligent. Okay. You should be working diligently, but hustle is when it starts getting into your soul of like, where it starts corroding your soul, where you start going, you're, you're not loving people anymore by the pace you're going. You're not loving God anymore by the speed you're going, yeah. right? And that's a different thing. So what would you, because I felt that this was, I couldn't tell. It, it, it felt transformative. Mm. It felt faith restoring. It mm. felt, you know, motivational. What, mm. if you had to categorize a book? I don't, that's a good question. I don't know. I, <laughs> you know, the quickest way, I, I do think it's my weirdest book. That's okay. the way to put it. <laughs> Meaning like, like it's, 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 I tell some, I, I make some crazy connections, I think, in yeah. this book, right? You I mean, you got, personal. yeah, you got the, yeah. yeah, personal, you get the Mr. Rogers stuff. I have a yeah. crazy story in there. I think of the 1980s, the, the people of Schwindnik, Poland, and how they resisted by carrying their TVs around, uh, the con- it, cra- yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. There, and then yeah. like the, the, the modern conception of time, who that came from, Ruth Belleville and how she used to buy and sell time in the 1800s. Uh-huh. It's a weird book, but maybe what I would say is, um, kind of faith restoring and that I wanted to bring back a depth and a richness to our faith okay. that, I, that a lot of us I think are kind of living in a flimsier faith right a kind of shallower faith uh, a hustled or hurry faith mm. so I think yeah that would that'd be one maybe I would hope for 
All right. Yeah. Well, there you have it, folks. Jeff. Dude, thanks so much, man. Jeff Bethke. It was a blast. All right, guys, there you have it. To Hell with the Hustle, available everywhere. Books are sold October 15th. But right now, we have a very special treat for you guys. Our producer, Brooke Gurley, is on site with the cast of Harriet to ask them some questions. Let's check it out. First of all, I love the film, and I have become one of your biggest advocates, telling everyone you need to go out and watch this film. And what I love so much about it is that I didn't realize how central Harriet's faith was to everything that she did. I mean, and I've been to divinity school. I'm like, I don't recall a class on her, her being really a giant of the faith. And so, Casey, my question to you is how important was that for you to portray that part of her life ad adequately, and then how did that, I know you're a woman of faith, how did that impact your faith playing her? Yeah, well, when I did the research, I did uh, tons of research, and, and in the process of doing the research, it became perfectly clear that you would absolutely be omitting something from her story if you didn't include it. It was so much a part of her story that I felt that it must be included, and um, even though it's somewhat intimidating to deal with portraying issues of faith that are that strong, mm -hmm. you know, that somebody's having visions from God, right. um, I felt that um, it was kind of a cop-out not to. I had to take her point of view. She really believed it. And, um, and you know, I, I took her point of view and, and, and tried to look through her eyes. Well, for me, I guess it was a bit of a gift, really, because in this business, sometimes you'd be, you be you can be a little bit embarrassed about sharing your faith and, and, and speaking about it. And what this allowed for me to do was to explore it, um, to look deeper into what I believed and to sort of, I guess, be more active in it um, in order to, to play her, in order to get on set every day. I needed to wake up and I needed to pray every morning and I needed to ask for the space to be safe for her to come in. I needed to make sure that we were all safe. I needed to ask for those things because I felt like it prepared me to tell the story. Um, and what that meant that uh, what that meant for me is that I had an active relationship with God every morning, every day. Um, and so now that's continued because in the talking about her, we get to talk about her faith and it means I get to talk about mine. So what that's done is just to open up um, the doors for me to explore what that is and what my relationship is to it. Yeah, it's kind of awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. I love that. I love yeah. that. And a part of that faith, too, was the use of music, spirituals. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved how you depicted that as not just songs, but as coded yeah. communication. Yes. You know, just speaking until I'm going to be here, don't go there, mm -hmm. and all of that. I, I don't recall seeing that in any kind of film that way. So why did you decide to do that? And I know you would use, you said it was Harriet's voice, yeah. not your own. How were you able to sort of call upon her voice? Well, that, this is also part of the Harriet Tubman story. Mm -hmm. These are the songs she actually sang. Mm -hmm. And this, this was her call to the enslaved people, okay, I'm here, are you coming, you know? And so um, you can't do the story without it. Yeah, um, and I guess we, Casey and I would speak about where we wanted to place the voice. I knew that I didn't want it to sound like me, my voice. I, I knew that we, we had to find something that fit who she was, that fit the gravitas of her, that fit the the uh, the need for the moment. And I wanted to take out all performance in it because it wanted to feel like pure communication. A real, I am telling you something, but I cannot say it, so I'm going to sing it, as opposed to I'm singing a story to mm -hmm. you, which is a wonderful thing, but there's something more urgent about having to communicate something to someone mm -hmm. and tell someone something. Mm -hmm. And so we would explore what that was, and uh, I guess we kind of settled on something that felt deep, um, was more alto than soprano, mm -hmm. and more urgent and pure mm -hmm. than you would normally hear. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Good luck with everything and God bless. So
this week relate to their generation with the kindness of God. That's it. If you find yourself tense, if you find yourself it's not working, you're butting heads, there's constant arguments, they don't seem to get your generation, you don't seem to get their generation, this week try relating with the kindness of God and see if it doesn't change. All right, Pastor Joe, you're not new to the show. You know what happens next. We have our short clip, and then we ask you for some scripture that kind of goes along with that. So yeah. do you have something for us? I do, I do. I think, All right. So if you look in the 17th chapter of the Gospel according to Luke, there's a story about Jesus healing the lepers. This shows the kindness of God. God is so good and kind that he healed 10 folks who were in, bad, in a bad way just because they asked him to. And uh, the kindness of the one leper was that of the 10 that got healed, one came back and actually said, thank you for what you did for me. That's the kindness of God demonstrated in that leper. All right. I love it. Thank you so much, Pastor Joe, for being here again. We love having you here. Thank we hope you, you come back again. Can't wait. All right. Awesome. And thanks to our partnering churches, Mountain Lake Church with Pastor Chris, Crossover Church with Pastor Tommy, and Fresh Life Church with Pastors Levi and Jenny Lusco today. Thank you guys for those great messages. And thank you to Jeff Bethke for stopping by. Go pick up this book, To Hell with the Hustle. It's a great read. You're not going to regret it. And thank you also to the cast and director of Harriet. Out November 1st, make sure you see it. To see the complete sermons and other great sermons, head over to AmboTV.com. We always have great content there for you guys. And sign up for our newsletter and check out our podcast. I'm your host, Dean Windsor, and I'm out.